Hey, 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 you guys. Thank y'all so much for being a part of Black Hammer Season 8. We have a very special guest here with us. His name is Daniela Allen Carter, and I'm just so happy to have him here. We've been talking back and forth for a while now, and we were able to solidify a date, and I'm just so excited to share him with my audience. He is an Italian-born singer, songwriter, and actor. He started to perform when he was 14 years of age working in major international music theater productions and leading roles. The demands of musical theater industry made him a versatile singer, shaping him as a very communicative, open-hearted performer with a strong stage presence and charisma. During the pandemic, the period of forced distance from live entertainment pushed him to finally write his own music, collaborating with music producer, producer Dakota. His musical taste unites a sonic blend of pop, soul, and EDM with warm and soulful vocals. He loves to explore the boundaries of styles and genres, creating new alternative sounds. He supplied guest vocals to a tropical dance remix of Too Good at Goodbyes by Strike, reaching over 300,000 streams, which led him to sign with Sona Music Management and to start to collaborate with other international artists and signed by rising independent labels such as Reload Music, Toneville Records. His next single, 2 AM, is set to be released at the end of September of 2022. And I'm just very proud and thankful to have Mr. Daniele to be here on the show. Thank you. Daniela, for being here on Black Canvas. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Jerry. It's my pleasure to be here today. Well, I'm just excited. This is going to be so much fun. So I have some <laughs> really great questions that I think you might have a good time with. And there are actually some titles that you might know. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's see. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to go to the first one. So the first one I'm going to ask you is Never Enough. So what is one song mm -hmm. you can never hear enough of? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, so I think I'll have to start with my news, Whitney Houston and her, I want to dance with somebody just puts me in a, mood, in, a, in a good mood every time I listen to it. So that would be definitely a song that I can never have enough of. <laughs> oh, I love that. I think for me, it probably would be um, Never Too Much with Luther Vandross. Oh my God, yes. I always say that, you know, the two of them, Whitney and Luther, they are like my muse when it comes to like, you know, performing and vocal singing. It's like I, I grew up listening to them and trying to get into that vibe as much as I could. Like uh, Dance With My Father from Luther is probably another one of my favorite songs. Oh yeah, that's an amazing song. And another yeah. one that I like that's probably off of the wall will be Pharrell Williams' Happy. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love that song. Just being able to dance to it, it just reminds me of just like when I think of Happy Feet, I just love that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the same for me with I Want to Dance, you know, it's like, it just puts me in a good mood because I have so many good memories uh, around that song because it's so, you know, iconic that we might have heard it in so many different outset um, and situations that whenever you listen to it, you have faces, locations, events, people that come into your head and usually it's connected with good times. So... I really love that 
Awesome. I like that. So now I'm going to give you another fun one. What is one food that you wish you could eat over and over again? <laughs> Nutella. I don't know if you've heard of it. <laughs> oh, I know Nutella. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, some of my, I mean, my family members and my friends and some of my supporters know that, you know, I'm a huge fan of Nutella. Like I could eat it on everything. I could just survive on Nutella if it was biologically possible and um, wouldn't create any health issues. Uh, that's definitely something that I really would love to eat on anything, like whether it's like just on its own or like on a cookie or on a piece of bread. Uh, I just, just, yeah, it just sets me up for a good time. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Now it's hard for me because desserts are my favorite. So I probably say if it's a dessert, it probably would be cheesecake because I love cheesecake. Oh, oh yes. Oh, Nutella cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> now let's see if you can put Nutella on the next day, I'm gonna say. Now I love lasagna. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> That's so wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have to say, if it is savory, mm, I don't know about lasagna, but I mean I love lasagnas, but there is like a really typical field pasta from my hometown, which is called annually, which is a sort of ravioli. Um, it's a little bit smaller and inside there is um, meat and prosciutto and it's super tasty. So if it's savory, probably that. And if it has to be sweet, it has to be Nutella because it's just, it's just the base of everything that I love sweet. Absolutely. And and <laughs> I was trying to catch up. I was going to say, if he could put Nutella on lasagna, that's going to be like something out of like, I don't even know, maybe on Chopped or something. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't know. <laughs> and the mystery ingredients. <laughs> yeah, and here we are. <laughs> so where is one place that you wish you could travel to over and over again? Um... God, Oof. Um, well, I have to say I'm lucky enough that I've been able to travel a lot, not during the pandemic, of course, but in general with my job as a performer as well. So I have the chance to go back to actually my favorite places, which are Rome in Italy, of course, and uh, London is where I live and uh, Berlin lately as well. I've been living there and working there for a, for a little while. So if I could go back right now with a, you know, snapping my fingers, it would probably be Bahamas. When I was there, I, it was just, I don't know, perfect. And, but you know, no one lives really in those islands. So something similar probably I would need to explore, I don't know, Thailand or uh, Bali or something like that, where you have like civilization around the sea. So I love the sea and that would, be, that would be definitely a place where I would love to go back to more often. <laughs> if it was closer and cheaper. I love that. <laughs> now, for me, I probably would say Cozumel because I've been twice and I love mm -hmm. Cozumel. So that's mm -hmm. probably the one that I would choose. Um, but I also remember like growing up, going to Orlando, Florida many times and I really love oh. Orlando. I've never been, sadly. I've been in Florida. I've been in Miami, which I loved. But my next, next time, I'm, I want to go to Orlando because there are the studios and as a massive harry potter fan i need to go to the harry potter studios in orlando everyone says that they are pretty awesome 
Okay, so let's talk about Harry Potter now that you didn't brought it up. <laughs> oh, God, here we go. <laughs> All right, so which one are you? I am more of a Ravenclaw, but sometimes I can feel like um, Gryffindor. So it's, I'm kind of in between. Mm. So I always wanted to, as a, as a child, I was always secretly uh, slithering, but I didn't say that loud because, I mean, I think that everyone knows the story by now, but until the story unfolds, no one wants to be a slithering because it's just bad guys. And then after the big reveal of one of the main characters, I was like, yes, I knew it, because I always thought that that one character, Snape, was not actually evil, and I felt so connected for some reason. Um, even though it was just a little bit mean and, you know, cold. But I'm, I'm a slithering. And when I did the test, you know, online you can do the test on Pottermore, um, it came out as slithering three times. So they always had to do it three times. And I was like, yes, I always felt it. I always knew it as a little child, as an adult now. I'm just a slithering pure and, yeah, a pure slithering. <laughs> well, I love it. <laughs> Everyone says that it goes also with my blondish look. Like when I was a bit younger, they would say, oh, you remind me a little bit of Draco Malfoy, which I never really understood if it was like a compliment or, or not, if it was like something negative, but I guess that's what it is. Well, you let them know, don't worry about it. If that's your look and you're gonna go with it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I have another fun one. So the prayer is the title for this one. So what mm -hmm. is one thing you prayed for in your life that has come true? Um, so my relationship with, you know, spirituality, uh, I grew up in a Catholic family, so, um, uh, it was really like in the sense of praying, like to God and everything. Uh, I would say that everything that unfolded in my life was a, um, let's say a, an unfolding of those prayers or, or a realization of those prayers. So whether it was my first job ever when I was 14, I uh, was auditioning for this lead role in a musical theater production of Romeo and Juliet, and I really wanted to, to have the, the part because they casted like young uh, boys to play Romeo, of course, and uh, I wanted, really wanted that part, and I remember praying, praying so hard every night to be like more on the selfish, logical, or like concrete part of my life. Uh, that really unfolded, always following prayers or like, or like focusing a lot on trying to manifest those things in my life. Um, I don't know, more spiritual um, feelings level. I always wanted, for example, my grandparents to, to be super healthy and to try to live as long as they could. And I mean, I don't know if my prayers or like my <laughs> requests for manifesting these kind of things helped in any way, but what I know is that today my grandfather is 96, my grandmother is over 90, and they're like, um, really healthy they are lovely and healthy in spirit and in their body and they're still with us and uh, you know they're over 90 so they might not have like other 60 years on this planet but at least they're getting to this old age feeling good uh, being good and being present to enjoy you know even our adult life and uh, yeah so i think i could see the hands of universe or god or whatever you want to call it in these situations whether it was like me hoping to have like always a healthy and stable family uh, or, you know, unfolding jobs that could lead me to continue my career as a singer 
actor and performer in general um, to survive, let's say as well, but also to try to proceed in this career and, and, and make it a living. That's what, what happened. Um, I, I was able to make a living out of this. And, and yeah, you, as they say, right? If you can, if, if your job is like whatever you love, you'll never feel like you're working in a day of any day of your life. So this is what I really like about now. That's amazing. First of all, I'm so glad to hear that your grandparents are still here and that they're in great health and that you're able to spend time with them because that's something, you know, you just never know until people who are close to you are gone, um, really that impact that they have. But I'm just so excited for you that you um, have not only them in your life, but they get to see you living in your dreams. And like you said, you are having a career that you always wanted and you're living in your truth and doing an amazing job at it. So I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you. Also, they played a massive role in my understanding and uh, knowledge of music. You know, it was thanks to them if I went for the first time to watch an opera in Italy or they brought me to the theater every every week. We had like a sort of subscription to the local theater to go and watch plays, musicals, operas, whatever. So they played a massive part in my, let's say, feeding my passion. And so I feel that they're really connected to my growing up as a person as well because they were there as grandparents as well but also in my developing uh, in the, the developing part of my artistry and my artistic persona um so yeah that's why i'm specifically attached to them as well because they are they permeated and they permeate both sides of my life you know my family and my normal life and my professional life as well so it's beautiful that i can kind of give back or give them back that satisfaction to say, yes, so when we brought you to the theater and you were eight, we did something good. We inspired you in some way. And that was, that was beautiful, I think. And I'm trying to pay them back however I can. <laughs> I love that. And it kind of goes into like acts of service. You are paying them back by, you know, being able to perform and do the things you're doing in your career. Yeah, definitely. I, I try that. And they really invested in knowing, you know, what's going on. They want to know all the side hustles, all the because let's let's be honest, it's not everything. It's not everything's perfect in my life, or I don't have like um, there are bad moments as well, and um, or bad periods in which you know don't have any job or like money starts to get a little bit low. All these kind of things that you know most artists um, feel and live, and uh, but they want to know everything, and they and they they want to make sure that I know that they are there regardless of you know whether I'm massively successful or I just do what I love to do um, because uh, this is what I'm, I feel that I'm called to. Um, so I really like to make them part of it and I feel that making them part of my you know, journey as its own uh, makes them feel alive and feeds them or at least that's what they say as well. They, they, they live on our, um, on our own, uh, let's say, struggles also, successes and everything knowing our paths in life, mine, my brothers, my other cousins, this is what they are um, attached to and what they are alive for. So it feels like it's the least I can do. Absolutely. So I have another fun question for you. So this one is mm -hmm. waiting for tonight. So mm -hmm. if you have the opportunity to perform in any venue for one night with your favorite musician or artist, who would you choose and where would you perform? Gosh, okay. So I think 
I really fell in love with the O2 Arena here in London. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's, um, it's a big arena where big performers um, uh, perform, but it's not a stadium. It still has that feeling of a theater, which let's say is where I was born. So it, it gives that kind of ultra dimensional feeling, which I think sometimes stadiums do not give and the sound is great. And, and you know, you can feel a lot of people as well. Um, so I would probably perform there at the O2 Arena in London with, uh, right now I'm really, really following even more than I used to um, Lady Gaga's journey. I know she's an established, fucking established artist and super established artist and she's doing amazing stuff since eight ages. But the fact that she's combining, you know, her own artistry and different styles in her music, that's what I resonate with. Like she can sing something that is super pop or almost dance electronic and then the day after being a gown and sing musical theater or jazz with Tony Bennett and have a whole jazz album and then be at the screens, uh, at the movies um, with like multiple shows on TV or cinema or shooting movies so I feel that that's the same kind of journey I would like to do um, not about the fame not about the amount of success but the way she shaped her own reality around her so she didn't she didn't feel or she didn't fit in any specific box that the industry sometimes wants to give you you're either a performing artist you're either a singer you're either an actor you either do like pop you either do jazz or whatever they kind of like try to niche you up and what she said basically was like, well, I do my own thing. And she's, she does whatever she feels like it and uh, exploring all the old parts of her own musical and artist being, which can lead to acting, jazz, different styles of music. And uh, so I would probably go on stage with her and duet with her. Definitely, I would love that. That would be a dream. That would be a huge <laughs> dream. But tell me which one is <laughs> yeah. Which one of your songs would you want her to sing with you? Oh my gosh. Um, well, I think probably the next one that is about to come, just because I feel that is a more mature me, if it makes sense, um, reflects a more mature part of me. And um, it would probably fit her voice as well, her way of singing. And um, she could definitely 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 rock that song um yeah i would just honestly ask her to sing it if she wanted and i would just sit and listen <laughs> if that was even like a fathomable um possibility <laughs> i would just literally say yeah take it sing it i'll just sit in the audience and listen to you singing that song and that would be amazing that would yeah and you, song you, is two yeah you never know the future so that might be something we might see <laughs> <laughs> well, We'll see, we'll see. <laughs> uh, no dreams are to be, they say, right? Absolutely. So I have another fun one. My grown-up Christmas list. Yeah. So what has been the best present that you have received? Uh, well, I could easily respond with something, you know, material, materialistic. Uh, but... I feel without sounding too corny that, you know, with its own bad and good things, the best gift I could ever ask or the, the things I'm most grateful for. 
especially after the pandemic, I reshaped a little bit my focus of things and what I deem important and where I don't. Um, definitely like the passion that I have for music and the ability to sing and perform and my acting and singing abilities. That's definitely something I'm grateful for. And, you know, each one of us has his own talents and his own, I think, strengths and I think abilities or natural abilities. Uh, and I'm so glad that, you know, life brought me into this, again, as I said, with his own good and bad things that this industry and this uh, craft and art brings into your, your own daily life and your life in general. And the other thing, a stable family and supportive family, because without them, I realized getting into you know, older age, I wouldn't be probably where I am right now and I wouldn't feel so sec secure and safe into um, running after these dreams and you know trying to fulfill them and try to establish myself and because I know that they're there and whatever happens my family is supportive they're not judgmental they're not um, against it uh, or even they don't even ignore me in that sense they actually want wish me well they want me to do well they're interested in what I do and I feel that on a mental and an emotional level that gave me the security and the safety to say I can risk it uh, because it's a risk of course this industry I could have maybe spent 25 years of my life or 30 years in the next 10 or whatever um, trying to do something that I will never accomplish in the sense that maybe I will never able to make it become a stability for my living um, but I, that safety net, that safety that my family gives me emotionally and uh, it was really important for my development and artistic development. So definitely these are the things I feel more uh, grateful for. That's an amazing answer because it, it's coming from your heart of just the importance of having that connectedness with your family, but also just remembering how hard it is in this industry, in the entertainment industry in general, um, to mm -hmm. stand out because there's so many people out there who are chasing after some of the same dreams. And it's about you being able to yeah. just perform and share your music and, and your heart with others. And then it's for us to connect and to gain that insight based on that experience. Um, so I love that you, you said that. And it kind of goes into my next question, which is promise you will love me. So can you give me, what is your mm -hmm. definition of the word love? And what is the most memorable or the sweetest thing a fan said or did for you that truly brought a smile to your face? Okay. Um, well, what is love? Uh, I think that I think that for me, um, it's probably the purest thing of connection between humans, whether it's friends or family or you know romantic love in that sense or a lot for your own pet or dog. Um, um, I think it's, it's a connection that is built on trust and loyalty and, and respect. And um, sometimes enters like chemistry and you know attraction or whatever, but those are like, I, I would say like, those are superficial things that sometimes tend to even fade with time. You get used to people, you get used to their look, their whatever. I think it's about trust, respect, and loyalty. Loyalty in the sense to each other's um, commitment to a, a relationship, whether it's like, again, as I said, a family relationship, 
a friendship or a love relationship. And um, I think it's the most beautiful thing that connects us all when we want to be connected. And in my experience, it's the thing that inspires me the most. Uh, as I said, my family inspires me a lot. The, the love that I feel for them feeds me. Uh, the love that I have for my friends feeds me. At the moment, I'm single and completely happy with my being single, but I have so much love around me that I don't feel, you know, that I'm missing something. Um, and it's something that feeds us and, you know, gives us, as I said before from my family, gives us that safety around, that kind of like cushions around your own life where you know that wherever, whenever you're going to fall, there's going to be someone that loves you exactly, uh, unconditionally, that can, you know, lift you up and hug you or like take you out for I don't know, dinner or have simply a chat over the phone. Uh, they're always like one call, one step away from you, ready to kind of support you through life. And I think to have this uh, is really important in, in our lives because you never know what happens to you. And I think it's life is more beautiful when you share it with someone, especially if it's like an artistic journey. I feel, of course, that the main reason for what the reason why we do, or at least I do what I do, is because I want to share and this life with other people through the form of art in any way and I want to receive um, experiences from other people in order to possibly make it art or just experience and feel what they went through and get to know stories and stories of people um, and emotions and live and feed on that otherwise I think it would be a bit pointless um, this is what I feel and define as love and probably the uh, sweetest thing that someone did for me, um, a fan did for me. Well, uh, actually, that was really recent. I was performing in a show in Berlin that talks about the Four Seasons, Archivalium the Four Seasons. And uh, it was the last show of the run this summer. And um, the fans organized, without telling us, um, to bring kind of little lights and balloons in the theater that they gave to everyone else in the theater. And so at one specific point in one song that was called uh, Silence is Golden, which was one of the, let's say, highlights of the show. And at least a number that always came down really well with the audience and they loved particularly. They kind of raised all these uh, golden balloons and, uh, and like there was a banner, we love you, and all these little fairy lights lighting up in the audience. And that was beautiful because um, for me, it's, ex it's exactly what I have in mind every time I perform, even though it's not visible, but to have that kind of reaction from the audience. Like when I'm there and I'm singing or acting, what I hope is that I'm lighting up some lights in someone's, in some people in the audience. And so to see that kind of metaphorically transformed in something that is real, like, you know, turning on little lights in the audience or like pulling up balloons, made me feel really fuzzy and warm inside. And, I got a little teared up uh, during the song, <laughs> and um, and that was just beautiful. It was the sweetest thing and the best thing, uh, one of the best thing I could have ever experienced. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I mean, I think that just tells, you know, us how amazing you are at being able to build relationships with others that they 
wanted to pay it forward to you in that way to just like you know we appreciate what you have been able to do but we also just enjoyed the craft and and you as a performer and so i, I love that you were able to get that opportunity to, to see it and sometimes we don't hear it and see it enough when we're doing things but when someone can come back and say thank you or i appreciate you you know it can put such a huge smile on our faces oh definitely definitely it changes it changes your day definitely <laughs> For sure. So can you tell me, if you could give your younger self a piece of advice, what would you say to young Daniela? Uh, so I would say to not worry about what other people think. I know it sounds rhetorical, but um, it's really something that growing up I was obsessed with, what other people think. So the way I acted, the way I spoke, the way I dressed the choices I made to go out, the restaurants I went to or whatever, even like when I was younger, like the, the games I would choose to do or not to do, um, they would become influenced by what people would think of myself if I do this or that. So that would be the first thing because it's extremely liberating once you don't have that anxiety anymore of people pleasing or like respecting some kind of social rules um, which I'm not saying to go out and murder everyone, but um, well, I'm basically trying to say not to to try to, to act and, and feel more what you need to do and the way you need to act from the heart rather than conceal your actual needs and wants um, because society, you feel society is not really ready to accept them or whatever, or um, this would be the first piece of advice to try to liberate yourself from fear of judgment and uh, and then never to never lose that um, feeling of uh, freedom and silliness that we have as children. Um, I lost it for a while and I tried to be super serious and you know I wanted to be a serious artist so I would take myself really seriously. But then it ended up just making me sad and you know trying to always keep up an act of perfection or try to pretend to live a perfect life or a successful life even. It doesn't make sense, you know, I think people realize that you're not being real and you're, you're a facade, you have a facade and a mask and it's just to be you um, and keep doing what makes you feel good rather than try to do what you think that other people wants you to do um, or that the other people wants you to um, look like, for example. So um yeah and to be kinder to yourself so appreciate more what you achieve and the journey that leads you to achieving something that you really want to do rather than just setting out you know points and looking forward for more and wanting more and wanting i don't know just just constantly wanting something rather than enjoying the journey and and feeling every single little achievement on a daily life on a daily basis rather than um setting out constant goals they need to achieve and once achieved, already rushing to the next one, giving yourself the time to feel and go through your um, victories in the same ways as, as your own um, defeats, um, rather than just escape from them, whatever, whether it's like good feelings or bad feelings, just escape from them and try to plan and work on to um, on more things. Um, yeah, probably it is. I love that answer. And I feel like that's just important. Like you said, 
um, being yourself, and then also being able to share your experiences with others. I feel like um, as we continue to build as musicians, as artists, as entrepreneurs, um, no matter what profession any of our listeners have, um, you have to just remember the reason why you're doing the things you're doing and what is the payoff, you know, because ultimately mm-hmm. it's not about financial. It's about building, you know, genuine mm-hmm. connections and then also being grateful and proud of the experiences that you have. And um, exactly. I think like that really helps you to center yourself in a different way. And like I said, with time, it changes because we all know um, what we maybe thought was a value, a goal or something we wanted for ourselves in our teen years may or may not be the same in our 50s, 60s or 70s. It might be something that shifts. And so I feel like with life, as we continue to evolve, we can start to change those goals or revise it based on what our needs are. And then also just remembering the people we connect with, how we leave someone is, is just as important as how we, we find ourselves. And so that's always been my goal. When I meet someone, I want to make sure I leave them with a positive message about me, but also I hopefully leave them with something mm-hmm. great that they can learn about themselves and that it can be a reciprocal um, feeling. And it doesn't have to be something where I'm putting on any type of airs or facade to try to get someone to like me because I already like myself before I even introduce myself to someone else. So that's, that's more of doing a lot of introspective, you know, work and grounding to find parts of me. And then there's going to be other parts I won't find until maybe years down the line, but that's okay. Cause that's the journey I'm willing to take so that I can be happy and whole and healthy. Definitely. Yeah. Because I feel, you know, after a while, all this can sound, you know, love yourself, be yourself, uh, can sound rhetorical, but for some reason it always resonates with people. So I feel that often define these kind of thoughts as rhetorical is negative in itself because if they're rhetorical, it's because they resonate, but it's just that people struggle to grasp them because they're never, I think in our society, we're never really taught until we start to crumble, we start to struggle to kind of dive into ourselves for real and, and look into ourselves and try to understand who am I? What's wrong with me, or what's good with me? And um, so we kind of don't live by those those suggestions, or we don't know how to um, find those way of living. Whether it's like be yourself, love yourself, um, so try to bring something positive, um, because we don't know how to achieve or 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 let's say unveil we truly are and what we truly want because we are taught by society to just keep going, sort out yourself and that's it, move on. It is kind of like rushing society. We don't really dive into ourselves again, as I said, until we start to crumble or if we live in a special, I would say, illuminated and, 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 and lightful atmosphere or family that kind of like did that before you, whether it's through therapy or, you know, just pure thinking or examining yourself is something we don't really do and uh, but I, I think that once you do it you kind of realize what it actually means to kind of okay I don't need to I don't need to please everyone I don't need to be liked by everyone and I need to like and love myself for who I am and accept who I am, who I am in order to be able to then you know do whatever I want to do in terms of career love um, relationships of any kind of sort and so I can bring myself as a 
cleansed adult from any trauma, traumatic experience or any superficial social construct that I put on myself because of what I thought society wanted from me rather than what I can bring into society that is actually true to myself. And um, so I think it just becomes true and it actually becomes understandable. This kind of like be yourself, be kind, uh, don't, don't worry about what other people think once you start to analyze yourself and, and you kind of come to an acceptance of yourself. And then you're like, oh, okay, this is what they meant. <laughs> this is what they keep telling and talking about. But I think sometimes we need to stop and look inside and, and then we come to some kind of realizations that's why I think as well, for example, for me, therapy was, you know, a big change in all this because it really made me understand what these words mean. And rather than being just rhetorical words that we would hear from, you know, influencers or performers or singers or artists or speakers or of any sort, it's something that kind of suddenly made sense. Absolutely. And I think it's coming to resolution within yourself of what do you want and what are you expecting to because our expectations play a huge role but also not setting lofty goals that are unrealistic at the moment but really um kind of setting up your own vision board in your mind and then actually starting to to check mark those things when you start to achieve it and it, it helps to build self-esteem and self-confidence in yourself for gotcha. sure Definitely. so i had to stack on you know these kind of plans, yearly plans, you know, when they say, what do you want to achieve this year? I always kind of hated that. I always had a kind of rejection right. of that because I was like, what if my plans change? Am I allowed to, to change my mind? And I think, as you said, you know, realistic goals are like dreams that you want to achieve, but at the same time, understand when life is stirring you into a direction or another one, rather than, you know, if you don't achieve certain things, then you just feel bad about yourself. So it's about, you know, as I said, unveiling and um, I think, accepting the journey for what it is and sometimes it might steer you away from your final goal but that doesn't mean that it's never going to happen it's just momentarily you are maybe one step closer one step back or one step afar from that because of something that is more important for you in that specific time absolutely and i i appreciate you sharing that and i think that's going to help a lot of people who are listening they're going to hopefully learn something from what you mentioned well, I hope so. <laughs> or at least this is my experience and what I think I've learned in the past couple of years. And it really changed my perspective on dreams and goals and achieving and life in general. Absolutely. So I have two more questions for you. The first sure. one is, um, if can you tell us um, where can our listeners find you online in the second part? Can you tell us what's next for you? I know we have the new single, of course, coming up, but if you can give us any behind the scenes on anything mm -hmm. else you have that's coming up. So online, I have a website that is like my name, DanieleAllenCarter.com or uh, social medias with the same name and handle for all of them, whether it's like, I'm mostly uh, active on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. So you can always find me. Uh, on these three social medias, I'm active. I respond to people. Usually, Instagram is easier for DMs if you want to talk to me or whatever. Um, this is what you can find of myself online. I'm on Spotify, Apple Music as well, all the uh, streaming platforms available currently. Um, there is my music on it where you can listen um, or purchase if you don't have a streaming service. And uh, what else is new for me? Well, I have a new single coming out in like less than a week right now, and I'm super excited about it. It's called 2AM. 
And I think, as I said before, it's a new side of me. It's a more mature side of me. And it's a more mature um, part of my musical journey. Um, you know, I kind of experimented in the last couple of years because I started recently to release music. And so I needed to find myself. And I think this is going to be, you know, the presentation of what's going to unfold in the next few months. Then in the backstage, what is happening is that I'm working on producing more songs. So I wrote other four songs. And I'm currently working on the production of these uh, other songs. Uh, I think I still release them as singles, though, because I want, you know, first people to kind of like get to know me slowly because I'm also still getting to know myself slowly. So I don't want to give out anything too soon, too early or too, too rushed because I want to feel that I still want, still want to maybe I change my ideas. This is for my musical side. And then acting-wise, there is a movie coming out, which is an Italian movie, but possibly it's going to be, in, I don't know yet, on streaming platforms, uh, services like Netflix or Amazon Prime. Uh, it's a really lovely story. Um, I cannot say anything right now, but it's going to probably come out in a year. And then what else? I wrote a musical with a, my best friend from Italy, and we're trying to translate it into English as well. So to then present it to some productions both in London and in Italy to wait on stage and maybe possibly to the fringe um, opportunities in Europe um, in summer or the next summer. And uh, this is what I'm doing at the moment. So these are the multiple things I'm currently doing and working on and that kind of give me life and occupy my time most of the time. Well, I can't wait for the music to come out because I'm definitely going to be one of the first people to stream it and definitely um, share with other people to listen. But I'm just so grateful that you gave your time today to talk on Black Canvas and share. And I would love to have you come back if you would like to to perform on my second podcast, which is called Space Between. So if you're interested in singing some of this music that you, of course, have um, some of your older songs, plus some of the newer music, we would love to have you back. Definitely. It would be my pleasure. <laughs> well, I am just so excited. And thank you so much for being on Black Canvas. And let's remember, you guys, to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. Well, thank you so much, Daniela, for, for sharing. Thank you, I really had a great time. Same here. Thank you very much for having me. I wish you a lovely day. All right. You too. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Thank you.